You're listening to the Standard Podcast, eye-opening for your ears. สวัสดีค่ะโปสาวิตรีนะคะ This is We Need to Talk Podcast, podcast talk show ภาษาอังกฤษสำหรับคนไทยที่ใช้ภาษาอังกฤษค่ะ Hi, you guys. Welcome to our show, and thank you so much for listening. ตามธรรมเนียมของ We Need to Talk, โบจะชวนแกสของเราคุย3ประเด็นค่ะถ้าเป็นพี่แคทเนี่ยโบว่าเรื่องแรกที่ต้องชวนคุยด่วนมากที่สุดเลยคือเรื่องของความเป็นสาวนักบิดของพี่เขาค่ะทำไมโบถึงต้องรีบชวนคุยเรื่องนี้ถึงขนาดนั้นหรอคะเดี๋ยวคุณผู้ฟังก็จะได้ทราบค่ะเรื่องที่2โบอยากชวนพี่แคทเดินทางย้อนเวลาไปหาช่วงที่คุณผู้ฟังหลายๆคนต้องอินไปด้วยสุดๆเลยค่ะนั่นก็คือยุค90ช่วงนั้นมีอะไรน่าสนใจมากมายเลยนะคะโดยเฉพาะในวงการบันเทิงของบ้านเราค่ะเอยังมีใครจำรายการคิดได้แคทได้หรือเปล่าคะโอ้โหตอนนั้นเรียกว่าดังมากๆเลยนะคะและพี่แคทของเราในช่วงนั้นก็ดังมากๆเช่นกันค่ะจะมีอะไรในยุค90นที่ที่พี่แคทประทับใจบ้างเดี๋ยวโบจะถามให้นะคะและเรื่องสุดท้ายในฐานะคนบันเทิงที่อยู่ในวงการมานานพี่แคทถือว่าเป็นคนหนึ่งที่ไม่เคยมีข่าวเสียหายเลยนะคะเขาดูแลตัวเองยังไงให้ยังมีความเป็นส่วนตัวในชีวิตได้ในขณะที่ต้องเป็นคนของประชาชนอยู่ด้วยเรื่องนี้เดี๋ยวโบจะชวนคุยละเอียดละเอียดเลยค่ะรอฟังนะคะเอาละค่ะตอนนี้ได้เวลาเปลี่ยนโหมดเป็นภาษาอังกฤษกันแล้วพร้อมหรือยังคะ Ladies and gentlemen, it would be my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode of We Need to Talk podcast. She acts, she sings, she dances. She's oh so sweet, and she's so strong. Let's meet her now. P. Cat Catalia English. Ka. สวัสดีค่ะพี่แคทสวัสดีค่ะ Long time no see. Long time no see. Okay, first let me tell our listeners mm. how thankful, how appreciative I am for you to be here today, right now, oh, because so they, I mean, you guys, our listeners, you guys can't see her right now, but let me tell you, our office, our studio is on the fourth floor. So this woman has to walk up. <laughs> Four flights of stairs. My house is full floor, <laughs> so I'm used to it. <laughs> But you're under this condition, and you're all bruised up. What happened? Yeah. Um, well, as not very many people know, I am into motorbikes, mm. and um, I had a freak accident. Actually, I had it last week. Um, the first time I had the accident was uh, it was raining. Mm-hmm. And the road was slippery, so I skidded, and I grazed my elbow. But that's all. But the second time round, which was three, no, two, two, two or three days later, mm-hmm. the road that I'm always riding on, they just out of the blue, they set up a checkpoint, and I didn't know that they put cones on the road. Mm-hmm. So I was riding behind. A car, and I was overtaking. Mm-hmm. So when I overtook the car, I just went straight into the cones, and I fell, and I fractured a rib, and I bruised up my hip bone and my knees, and grazed my elbow in the same place <laughs> as the two nights before. And I saw your bruises. <laughs> They're scary. They're brutal. <laughs> oh my goodness! And 
you said you can't laugh too hard, right? Because like, your ribs. It hurts. It hurts. And that's what I meant by I'm so appreciative for you to be here. And and you know, you guys, I told, I asked Picat, Picat, are you sure you want to come? Because like fine. our office is like on the fourth floor. Are you sure you you're gonna be able to walk up here? And she she's such a trooper. She said, <laughs> of course I'll be there. Like I told you I'd be there. But we totally would understand. So thank you so no. much for being oh, here. You're very welcome. I'm very happy to be here. I mean, I'm fine. I'm I'm actually not in as much pain as I thought I was going to be because when I was in hospital, they 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 injected me with with morphine. They're like, <laughs> need it. I'm like, really? Do I? Okay. So I was injected with morphine and I fell asleep for about three hours. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I actually took the bike back home and got my car. And I went to the emergency room and they got me to get x-rayed and all that and um they said yeah you fractured a rib okay no wonder why it hurts okay i love how your first instinct was like to go home and get your car and not go straight directly to the hospital (laughs) i was was thinking well you know i grazed my elbow i'm in a little bit of pain but that's all right so yeah until my chest started hurting okay i'm in a bit of pain i better go check it out just in case i've done something more than just bruised myself Mm -hmm. so yeah they they gave me some morphine and i fell asleep for Mm -hmm. three hours and i woke up i said okay well you know i think i'm ready to go home they're like no 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 the morphine lasts for about eight hours (laughs) (laughs) i fell asleep while i was talking to them (laughs) so yeah (laughs) i'm like yeah i'm ready because i actually sat up and started talking to the nurses and i'm like yeah I think I'm ready to go home. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm. <laughs> and I, and they were laughing at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay, maybe I need a little bit more sleep. So I fell asleep for another three hours. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't drive home. I know, because that would have been bad. Yeah. So yeah, but oh, they were really sweet and they're like, oh, you're in here again. Yep, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> so like you said, you know how a lot of people aren't aware that you like to drive yeah I love, the motorcycle i love riding bikes um we're so used to seeing you as like this pop princess of like of the <laughs> dance world and just you know you're you and your 20 inch waist <laughs> that everyone's jealous 23 about. now <laughs> yeah because 23 is so big <laughs> i would kill to have a 23 inch waist um but you know like people know you as this like fragile like you know I'm pretty much a butch, actually. (laughs) (laughs) What intrigues you about riding motorcycles? I actually liked motorbikes ever since I was a teenager, but because my mum wouldn't let me ride, and she said, oh, you have to work, you have to look pretty, you cannot have scars and bruises and all that. Well, okay. And at this age now, I'm thinking, well, what do I have to lose? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to have fun in life now. And I'm, I suppose I can say that I'm more responsible-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I decided that, yeah, you know, I'm going to get on a bike and I'm going to start riding. And it's so convenient, especially nowadays mm-hmm. where the traffic is absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get around so easily and... If I say 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But if it's in the car, yeah, 15 minutes can be three hours. Yep, that happened to me before. Uh, yeah, and you know, by Gong Tai, going to the set, 
I got there on time and everybody else was like two, three hours late. And they're like, oh, my God, I was stuck in traffic. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I went past all that traffic. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's so much easier to get around. Mm-hmm. And people that don't ride, you know, they, they think straight away, Riding a bike is so dangerous. It is dangerous if you're not careful and mm-hmm. if you're irresponsible about the way you ride. For me, I don't ride fast. Even if I was on a big bike, mm-hmm. I wouldn't ride fast because it's being irresponsible, especially in traffic in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. You can weave through traffic and stuff like that, but you have to be very careful. You don't do that fast because you don't know what's going to come out from the soys or anything like that, yeah. or even in between cars. There's other motorbikes that are irresponsible. Yep. So you have to be responsible for all that too. Mm-hmm. So if I'm riding around, I'm always careful, especially in in traffic, because if it's stuck, then you know there's a lot of motorbikes that are whizzing in and out of you know weaving in and out of the cars and mm-hmm. the traffic and that's what you have to be careful of you don't have to be careful of the the cars that are parked on the roads right so yeah i mean you have to look around you have to be aware of your surroundings and um not just be careful of the way you ride but you have to predict what other people around you are going to do because mm-hmm. there's a lot of cars that don't use their signaling lights that is so annoying that's like one of that's one of my pet peeves What's people that? not signaling yep that happens to me all the time and i almost like run into someone just because they just came out mm-hmm. without signaling Tight. and that's so dangerous even on a bike i use my signaling lights Good. all the time because i want the person behind me to know what i'm doing or even in front of me who's coming in the opposite direction to know what i'm going to be doing i don't want somebody to end up crashing into me because exactly. I'm not signaling. So um, use your lights. You have to. You know how a lot of people, when we're younger, when we're learning to ride a bicycle, mm-hmm. and when we fall, it makes us a little cringy to go near a bicycle again mm-hmm. or to get on, back on it. Is it the same kind of feeling right now? No. I want to get back on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. The only thing that's making me cr- sort of mm-hmm. is is... I don't want to break the rib that I fractured. That's all that's keeping me off my bike. Mm-hmm. If I was just bruised, I'd get on my bike straight away. Yeah. But because it's dangerous, then okay, well, you know, if I'm going to break a rib, then I'm going to have to be extra careful. So I'm back in my car again, back in the traffic. So, <laughs> uh, and a lot of people ask me, mm-hmm. oh, so you're riding a big bike. No, I'm actually riding a scooter. Aww. Because... It's so much easier to handle, especially in traffic. I mean, you're on a big bike. You have to, you know, you have to keep squeezing the clutch. You have to keep changing gears. Mm -hmm. And it's heavy and it's big. Yeah, I can ride a big bike, but I don't because it's not practical in traffic. Exactly. It's it's almost like riding a car because sometimes you can't really go through. You can't weave. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, no, no, I'm riding my scooter like everyday use i'd rather use a scooter and also the good thing is that you can put things inside the seat oh yeah so, yeah you can that put, is super practical i know so you can put all of your stuff i if i go to shoot my lacons and stuff like that, i put my scripts i put my uh my clothes and my shoes, shoes. And, yeah mm-hmm. exactly so i mean it's practical riding a scooter and mm. it has a little hook in the front as well that you can hang stuff on. So when I get my coffee and stuff, I hang my, <laughs> my coffee on the front. So, yeah, it's a lot more practical. Yeah. OK, 
Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, you are this pop princess of Thailand, and I—I I don't want to say I grew up watching you, but I grew up watching <laughs> a lot and, of and people listening. have grown up watching. <laughs> so we're gonna take a walk down the memory lane a okay. little bit, because um, you're the queen of like the '90s. <gasps> oh gosh! Yes, I love the '90s. So do I. I miss the '90s, '80s like and '90s. Yeah, I oh I miss that. You, you got into the showbiz when, when you were 16, right? 13. With 13? Yeah. Oh, my God. What oh, was your 13. first gig? Um, uh, hmm. The first thing I ever did, I was actually still wearing braces. Young Dad Fan Yu. Yeah. So I was an extra for a music video. Mm-hmm. Computer. Aww. Gong Wai. Whoa! Yeah, I so got that was a, a long time ago. I'm sure our listeners are YouTubing that right now. <laughs> um, you won't. What I'm, I'm on for like two seconds. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, keep a lookout where I am. I'm actually walking behind Pite, and it's just like see you not here. You know, I was like oh my god, that's cat. It's like a fun game. Like, <laughs> go, where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, that was my first, and then after that, uh, I did um commercials mm-hmm. and uh then i did my first movie and then and cape and that's when all the new kids came in mm-hmm. it was me it was but, but during that time, yeah. it was like me, Tanya, Kadia, Ad, Mord. Because I was in a Lacan with, I was my first Lacan Kunik Jomgen. I watched that too, I think, when I was, I was really young, <laughs> but I remember that. What was the most vivid memory from back then for you? Hmm. I don't know. Or the most um, memorable, I guess. Oh, I can't really pick out one memory. I've, there's there's so much that went on during that time. Um, yeah, just getting into the business, just being able to do what I love, and there's there's so many memories. I can't really pick one because everything is just so different and so meaningful. So you've done it all: yep. acting, modeling, emceeing, Sing, yep. singing, dancing. You're more than a triple threat. <laughs> You're like I not have done <laughs> everything but direct and produce. Would hmm. you like to? Uh, directing, no, probably not. But um, I actually was interested at one point in being an acting coach on set. Mm. Because there's so much that I see and needs to be corrected. And there's nobody there to tell the actors or actresses what they can bring out in themselves mm-hmm. to make the character more believable. Yeah, because sorry to say, but nowadays people get into the business so easily yep. and the quality has gone down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays there's a lot of actors that just come in, memorize their scripts, that's it. They're on set and they just say what they need to say and... There's no emotion, there's no character mm-hmm. in the person that they're trying to play. And that's kind of, you know, it's something that I, I saw and I just, you know, I, I was itching to say something. But I was like, no, it's <laughs> not my place to do anything. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, I was interested in doing something like that. But mm-hmm. um, but not directing. Because, I mean, no. there's a, like, 
important. Well, I mean, directing you do more than just acting. You have to Th- know does, the film. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to see the full else. picture. You're right. Directing and there's a lot of homework, mm-hmm. and especially with my tie. I mean, I'm not perfect in tie, and it takes me ages to read scripts because <laughs> I still read really, really slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot of work if I wanted to direct. Mm-hmm. So, producing maybe, maybe, but. Then again, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of homework. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of preparation. And I mean, I really respect these people. I mean, when I'm on set and they they're so they know what they want, and they're like, okay, we want this. Oh, so Pani, no, I don't like these clothes. I don't like this costume. Oh, she needs to change. I'm like, wow, you know, this it's so detailed. Mm-hmm. So of all the things you've done, mm-hmm. the things we just listed. Mm-hmm. Which one would you say that you enjoy doing the most? Acting and singing, these two come together for sure. I mean, for me, acting, I'm always looking for something to, maybe something I haven't done before, mm-hmm. just to polish up my acting, that kind of thing. I mean, something that's uh, what do you call tad high, yeah. Like what type of role? Dark, like look, yeah. I really, really want to do something. Me like too. That. Really? Yeah, I totally want to do like the dark, the, like the yeah. I look blue. I know. Like, I so want to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my gosh, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, singing and dancing, um, emceeing not so much. I'm not really into that. Um, these two, I think, are my my favorites. Speaking of emceeing uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> or hosting, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that people remember about you, one of your earlier gigs, my, myself included, I watched, I think it was Saturday morning. Yes, right? 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, strangely, I still sort of remember the theme song. Kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Ton my young Oh my gosh. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> a that. lot of people come yeah. up to me and say that even now. And because because they've grown up with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was 16 when I did that. Yeah. And I'm in my 40s now. <laughs> so the kids are like three, four, five who came to the show or even watched it. Yeah. They're grown up now. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, I saw you when I was little. I was in, you Anuban, and I went to your show. I'm like, oh my God. And they must be in their 30s now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, I went and did an interview. Mm-hmm. I did an interview for a magazine and one of the girls walked up to me. She's like, yeah, I went to your show. I went to Kitty Cat. And she showed me a picture. She was four. I'm like, oh, my God. And we took pictures together. I'm like, oh, wow. Before and after. Yeah. (laughs) And she wore a yellow shirt Mm -hmm. to the show. And she knew I was going to be doing interviews at the magazine. Mm -hmm. So she wore a yellow shirt. Just to take a picture with you to do a before and after. That's so cute. I know. Oh, my gosh. That's that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Do you get a lot of... Fans from back then, from the oh, Kitty Cat yeah. Show? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, because a lot of the kids grew up watching the show and um, there really hasn't been a show like that ever since, mm-hmm. um, which is a pity because, I mean, we 
we did so much on the show. We sang, we danced, we played games. Yeah. We brought families together to play games together. Yeah. Um, we gave them knowledge, you know, and educating them as well. That was kind of like our Sesame Street. Sort yeah. Of. You know what I mean? It's it's like you said. There's not a lot of show that is like that. No. To this day. Mm-hmm. How did you get started? On that, did they just approach you and be like, "Hey, are you interested? Like, we are looking for a host." Or yeah. did you have to like audition? Or how? No, how did that, that come about? That was pretty much it. They're like, "Oh, we saw you doing your lacons, and you know, you seem to." Um, a lot of kids liked me and looked up to me, and the parents as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose it's also because of my my reputation and my my background my look i don't know mm-hmm. but um yeah a lot of a lot of parents i suppose respected me as well so we got together media of medias mm-hmm. uh, approached me and they said yeah you know we think you're a perfect role model to, to do a show like this and you sing you dance and all that I'm like, yeah well sure okay let's try it we only did it for like two years mm-hmm and i mean there's there's so much that goes into the show i mean there was about 200 people that were on each show and we had two shows a day that we had to tape mm-hmm. um and yeah expenses and all that stuff it was a lot a lot of work went into it and in the end it was it was difficult to carry on mm-hmm. so they decided to to stop mhm and um, we were actually planning on bringing it back not long after that, but then nothing happened. Mm-hmm. When you first found out that you were going to do this show, mm-hmm. were you worried or were you excited? Are you a naturally a kid lover? Yeah, I love kids. I love kids. But it, the only thing that was worrying me was being like the host. Because mm-hmm. if I don't have a script, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I cannot ad lib. I cannot... Gavin Hatch of Hot Nah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not good at that at all. That's why I don't do MC work or anything like that. But yeah, I had Tiger and the Rabbit and the Tree, the Talking Tree, Long Ton Mai. I had I had other helpers that were, you know, who who helped along. So I, to be honest, I wasn't comfortable in running the show alone. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, with the helpers and stuff, I was okay. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, it was it was great to be with kids. And it was, yeah, it was pretty difficult to, to handle kids that were running around. And, I mean, of course, they get restless after a while. And yeah. even just half an hour, kids are just wanting to get up and run around. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'd always, always have to try and keep the kids at bay. And it's, yeah. oh, it was hectic. But it was fun. What was your most favorite part about working with kids they're just so innocent and they're just so straightforward they say what they feel they say what you know if they want something they'll say it if they feel something they'll say it mm-hmm. you know there's they, they they don't hide their feelings they don't hide you know they're just so so easy to read and so innocent and so it's so funny what some kids say or what some kids do they just do it because they're kids mm-hmm and that was part of the fun of of being with them. And now, like we said, they're probably in their 30s. Yeah. If they're listening right now, what would you like to say to them? Oh, I was I was so happy to be able to give to those kids and to be a part of, you know, a good memory mm-hmm. of, you know, they still remember me through that and they're still following me and um, still supporting me. 
um, yeah, I mean, I have to thank all those kids who are probably now grown up, and some of them have their own kids now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's quite amazing. Um, yeah, thank you to all those kids who have now grown up for all their support and their love for so long. So now the third thing, last but not least, that we're going to talk about is your private life. Yeah. So private life of Katarina English. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, why it's called private. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There we go. <laughs> so you, I mean, you, you are constantly working. We, we always see you in the media, and you never really went away, or went never like you know went disappeared. Into, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were always in the public eye, but at the same time. We feel like we don't know that much about you, especially in today's society with the mm-hmm. media and with the it's, social network and everything. It's sometimes really ridiculous and sometimes very crazy. I don't go with that. Yeah. Uh, so you would consider yourself a private person? I am very private. I am because I mean you have to have balance. I mean I don't, I don't use the media to promote myself because of my private life. I mean, you need to have balance. You need to have. What do you call? Maybe I wouldn't call it a safe zone, but it's more of a comfort zone mm-hmm. that you can fall back to and just get away from the craziness. Because I mean, being in the business, being in the spotlight—that's already crazy. Mm-hmm. People are always, "Oh, what's she wearing? Oh, what is she doing? Oh, who is she with? Oh, what she, what what is she eating?" You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I find that crazy. I mean, I don't have to tell everyone every second of my life. Oh, I just woke up. Oh, I'm having breakfast. Oh, I'm going to go to the toilet. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, you know, I mean, really, you, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And during when I first opened up my Instagram, mm-hmm. I put it on private because I just didn't want people to know about my private life. But mm-hmm. then everyone's like, "Well, what's the point in having Instagram?" Then I'm like. Oh. It's like my okay. personal diary. Yeah, okay. So I opened it up to the public, and people started following me. And then you know, you can control it. It's not necessarily as scary. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm scared of opening up, but I'm more. It's a part of me that I know that belongs to me, not to anybody else. And I don't want people to control my life because it's my life. Everyone was born alone. Mm-hmm. And we will die alone, and I don't want to be a victim of society. I don't want to be that because I have one life, just like everybody else. I want to live it the way I want to live it, and you know I respect people's privacy as mm-hmm. I hope people respect mine. I don't go around saying, "Hey, what are you doing? Oh, who are you with? Oh, what?" I really don't want to know because if you want to tell me, you will tell me. Mm-hmm. Just the same way. I mean, if I want to tell you, I will tell you. If I don't want to tell you, I don't tell you. And I don't see why, even if we're a celebrity, I work. I'm in the limelight. But once I'm done with work, I go back to my life. I go back to me. I'm not the character that I'm playing in a lacon. I'm not that singer that's all dressed up and on stage. I'm just me wearing a t-shirt and shorts at home without any makeup and watching TV, watching movies. That's me. I'm not a person who just gets up and gets dressed and gets all pretty and goes out and socializes. I'm, I'm not that kind of person. Going back to Instagram, I was posting 
stuff every day. But then that's not me. I don't feed off of that. Mm-hmm. So once I started to slow down and I started disappearing for like a week or so, my fans like, are you okay? What happened to you? What's wrong with you? I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm still here. I just don't want to post anything because I don't feel like it. I mm-hmm. mean, if I don't feel like saying anything, I don't. Mm-hmm. If I feel like saying something, I will. If I want to put a picture into my Instagram, I will. If I don't feel like doing it, then I don't. And now people are getting used to the fact that sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And I haven't disappeared. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm still <laughs> around. But, um, yeah, sometimes I just, I'm just not in the mood to say anything. I just want to sit still. I just want to yuning ning. And that's me. I mean, I suppose I can say that I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing, but you know, I I don't I don't socialize. I don't have many friends because I'm comfortable with the friends that I have that I've had for so long. I mean, yeah, I I I get to meet new people, the people that I work with, and on set I'm fine. You know, I I mingle with people, I get along with people very very easily, mm-hmm. but. For them to really get close and know who I really am. I mean, it's not that I'm out there and I'm not really who I am. I am. But there's just a part of me that I'm not comfortable with opening up to everyone. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes I can be silly. Mm -hmm. Not everybody sees the silly side of me. Mm -hmm. Bong side of me (laughs) that not everybody gets to see. Most people do see that, but... But um, that's the way I am. And I think people are starting to get used to... The who I am, <laughs> <laughs> and they accept and they love you for that. You and know? the funny thing is, so many people that have just met me, even on the the new set, La Bam Man, mm-hmm. the Channel Seven that I'm shooting at the moment, it was so funny. Most of them I have not worked with. Tong, she knows me, so mm-hmm. that's fine. But we're a pop, Nong Priyo, Nong Bang. They've never met me before, mm-hmm. and on the day of the fitting. I could hear them like, oh, they were laughing, they were joking, they were having fun and stuff like that. As soon as I walked into the room, mm-hmm. everyone just went quiet. <laughs> it was dead silent. I'm like, what's wrong? Hello, people. I've arrived. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that I just walked into the room just being me and I just walked in and everybody just went quiet. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> no, they were scared of me. <laughs> It was so funny because we, he actually, he came up to me because I started talking to them and I started like mingling with them and Mm -hmm. started having fun with them and talking to them and stuff. And we, he was, he was like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, what? Thank you for talking to me. What? (laughs) I was like, thank you for like breaking the ice because I was so scared of you. Like, why are you scared of me? It's like, you're not do mag. I'm like, no. Why? I'm not really do And that's everybody's reaction before they actually get to know me. Everybody says the same thing. I'm like, this is my face. <laughs> we did have a like, this is me. Hello. And you can't walk around like smiling all the time, like, that people are like oh you're so friendly we're like oh yeah but of course but yeah everyone says the same thing even outside you know oh, do ying, do do. Like, no it's just 
my my face my, my face <laughs> I can't like help that. it guys <laughs> I can't help it I'm just like this but yeah when people come up to me and even fans and stuff and they're like oh god Tyler yeah sure like oh, I was like it's okay you can come up to me you can you know that's fine so yeah same reaction everybody's like oh yeah you, you look scary <laughs> <laughs> and you know like even though you said you look scary, but we don't really hear of a, like anyone disliking you at all. Like you're very likable, and it's thank you. It's, <laughs> you're one of the few people that people just never hate. Oh, uh, there are really. Oh yeah, mm. uh, not many, which is lucky. But mm-hmm. I mean, I when people don't know me, they they hear things from other people who don't know me, or maybe caught me at a bad time. Mm-hmm. And I'm human. I have different feelings. I get angry. I get peed off. Mm -hmm. I get stressed out. I get sad. I get upset. Just like everybody else. The thing is that not everybody sees me every day, 24 hours, seven days a week. So maybe if just at that moment that I had a bad day or, you know, whatever, and they just caught me at a bad time, that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Picat! Oh, I met her that day. Yeah, she's in such a bad mood. Hello, you're only human. I am human, and people, everyone has a bad day, gets into a bad mood, mm-hmm. and but that's not me, twenty four seven. That's just a very minute part of my life, mm-hmm. and immediately people start talking and. It keeps going on, you know, people talk to this person and they carry on and talk to this person and and there's a lot of misunderstanding. I mean, there's some people, oh, cat will I What? I'm like one of the easiest persons to work with. I admit I'm very detailed. I like asking questions mm-hmm. because I want to clear what I have to do. Mm-hmm. That's my responsibility of being what I am. If I'm acting, I need to ask questions about the character. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do this? Why is it like this? Why does she have to be like this? Not because I'm not going to do it. It's because you need to understand the character yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. To, to be able to get deep into this person, to know what this person is like. Yeah. Because I have to be that person. So I ask questions and some people are like, I've worked with you and I, I found it very easy to work with. And uh, It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you've worked in the business for 27 years. Yep. But we never really see any bad press about you. There was once. but that out, was of 20, <laughs> out of 27 years. That's like really that was, rare. That was, yeah, that was just some mis- misunderstanding. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad time during that time. And the whole press were like blacklisted me. And they're like, no, we're not going to talk to her ever again. Oh, well, what happened? Um, Can you, I mean, well, are you comfortable he, talking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all cleared up. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm fine with meeting the press and the reporters. And so, in fact, I have fun talking talking to them but there was one time when I was doing a charity concert with Pimard mm-hmm. and we we did the press conference in the middle of Siam and it was hot mm-hmm. and I had three jobs and the last job was live so I had to get to the last job on time and the first job was running late mm-hmm. and um 
I asked them, I was like, okay, um, after the interview on stage, do I need to interview with the reporters and the press that come? And I'm like, no, 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 you can go straight off. Okay, fine. So after we did the press conference and all that, they're like, okay, Picat, you can go. I'm like, okay. And just as I was, you know, getting off stage, I was like, oh, um, Picat, the press want to talk to you. Okay, is it going to be long? Because I have to go. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 10 minutes. Okay, I'll go on and just sort of, pat on my nose <laughs> and you know wipe all the sweat off my forehead and stuff and I'll come back out P. Mars went down immediately first mm-hmm. to, to do the interviews so I was like okay well P. Mars you go first and I'll I'll catch up with you so I went backstage sapna whatever and um, I went down to where P. Mars was and I stood there for 20 minutes mm-hmm. doing absolutely nothing and I was like, I have to go. And my assistant was with me. And she's like, we have to go. Like, you need to tell the team that we need to go. Mm-hmm. And we were sort of like, hey, you want to interview Kat or not? Come on. It's been 20 minutes. And I was getting bombarded by fans, taking pictures and stuff like that. And I was waiting to get interviewed. And they never did. So I had to go. So I left. And we told the team the PR team for this for this event, like, we, we got to go. Mm-hmm. We have to go. So they're like, okay, okay, we'll tell them. So I left. And I went to my second job, and then I went to the third. And when I went to the third, Grammy called me up. And they're like, what the hell did you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And they're like, all the press are banning you and blacklisting you. I'm like, Why? I was like, you said that you weren't giving interviews. Like, I never said that. Mm-hmm. When did I say I never that I'm not going to give an interview? I was standing there for 20 minutes, and nobody took any notice of me, and I had to go. Mm-hmm. So, w- what happened? It's not my fault because I told the team to tell the press that I had to go, and it was a huge misunderstanding. All the press were like, oh, Kat said she's not giving interviews. And I was like, 27 years that I've been in the business, I have never said I will not give an interview. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have time, I'd just say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't have time today. But the next time you meet up, I'll give you an interview. I have never said I will not give an interview. Never have I said that. Mm-hmm. So I was really upset because so many people have known me, especially the press. They've known me ever since I came into the business. Mm-hmm. They know what kind of person I am. And what upset me the most was that just that one misunderstanding and it just became such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And I was really hurt, to be honest. I was so hurt that, you know, they'd turn around and do this to me. And I met I I met them at a friend's wedding, the press, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Glamour, do you Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, whoa. Ouch. Why? I was like, after what you did, I was like, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And they was like, you didn't even apologize. I was like, apologize for what? I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. If I did something wrong, I would apologize. I'm man enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't do anything wrong and I apologize, then I'm then I'm, I'm apologizing for something that what I did wrong. So no, I'm not apologizing because I didn't do anything wrong. But I'm mm-hmm. But I'm not apologizing for myself. How did you resolve that then? I spoke to them. I talked to them right there, and I was like, you know, it's a huge misunderstanding, and take it the way you want it. I I cannot stop you from 
the way you want to feel or the way you want to look at it, but this is how it was. Mm -hmm. And I have nothing to hide. And after that, everything was fine. And, you know, I I still met up with them. I, I see them at events and stuff, and I still interview with them. You know, I don't have anything against them. I have fun having interviews. I mean, it's... I get to say what I need to say or if anything needs to be cleared, I can clear it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Now, we talk about, you know, you being a private person. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, I think there's a lot of, not, not even just nowadays, I think, in Thailand in general, there's a lot of pressure on girls, on women, mm. on having to have a, re- relationship. a relationship or to be in a relationship. Every time you see a relative or every time you see someone, the first question is like, oh, me fan liang, oh, my young, me fan. You know, like, oh, what's wrong with because you? Because I don't. Yeah. Okay. How would, how would you, exactly, that, that's my reaction. Like, that was like the top question when I was single. <laughs> Everyone was like, how am I, me fan, how am I, me fan? Because like, I, don't. I don't want to. I'm exactly. Like, it's my choice. What's, exactly. And what's I was, wrong with that? And I was happy with that, you know? And yeah. I'm sure a lot of girls are happy being single or either that or they want to keep their private life private. Do you have any advice to them on how they can handle a don't situation like that? Don't be a victim that? of society. Don't be. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a boyfriend, if you want to have a relationship, it's when you're ready. Not when everybody else is ready for you to have a relationship. If you're in a relationship and you're happy and you're ready for it and you're happy, be in a relationship. But if a relationship isn't working out, I don't see why people have to stick their noses into it. It's between two people. Seriously, because people are so reliant on what other people have to say. You know, I mean, relationships become public, relationships become social, become, it's not two people anymore. It's Mm -hmm. three, it's four, it's 10, it's 50, it's 100, it's 1,000, it's a million people. Mm -hmm. Why does it have to be that way? It's not. You don't have a relationship because of what other people think. What's wrong as well is that so many people have their own... Mm-hmm. you know opinion to, yeah they have their own opinion of saying what they want to say about this person and sometimes they don't give good advice sometimes they do and it's up to you what you want to do if you want to take their advice or not you have to be strong enough to have your own opinion you have to be strong enough to see if you're in a relationship you have to be strong enough to see who that person you're with is like not what other people think you're with you know, and it's that's the problem with social media as well and, and stuff like that. It it gets out of hand. People mm-hmm. start saying things about maybe the person you're in a relationship with and maybe it's not true, maybe it is, but you have to piss out with yourself because that's the person that you're with. And if you're not in a relationship, don't get pressured. If you're not ready, you're not you're not ready. You don't have to be in a re- relationship because society tells you to. As I said, don't be a victim of society. Don't be a victim of social media. It's it's your life. You control your own life. If you're not bothering anyone, don't be a victim. Be mm-hmm. yourself. Live your own life because you only have one life. See you at my That was a good answer. <laughs> 
All right, now our next section is called "What's Your Take On." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you three topics, and mm-hmm. you choose one to discuss. Mm-hmm. Maybe like in like five minutes or something like that. Our first topic is mm-hmm. on students' uniform. Mm-hmm. Second topic is on Thai lakon. Lakon Thai nam nao jing ru. And the third. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, anyways, can, yeah, move on. <laughs> the third topic is cashless society. Which one would you like to discuss? Oh my gosh. Um, hmm. They're all pretty good to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Oh, you're being risky because it's your job to. I know, I know. No, but you know what? Um, Going straight to the point, um, yeah, it is because the stories are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. You have the nang egg, you have the tolai, you have the pa egg, and the tolai is always going to come in between the nang egg and the pa egg, and they're going to fight and they're going to misunderstand each other, and the the tolai does all this and that, and then all of a sudden they they tolai a high five whatever, and then nang egg and pa egg they have a happy ending. Dope. It's the same formula like It's we said earlier. Formula. Yeah, exactly. Either they're like tragic happens to the exactly. exactly. It's the same format. And to be honest, it actually runs on real life. Mm-hmm. It's dramatic. It's just society feeds off it. Lacan's feeds off feed off of society. Mm-hmm. It's a loop. It's double edged. Yeah. So it's To be honest, Thai people are so artistic. They have great imagination. They have great potential, but they don't get to use it because of what? Because same formula, same thing. Thai people don't like taking risks. There's so much more that Thai society can can get, can learn from, from movies, from the cons. I don't want to say that you know. Mm-hmm. Like in the states mm-hmm. or in England, you have such a huge variety of lacons, TV series, movies, because they like taking risks and they like doing things that are new and they like bringing new things into society. And I suppose, in a way, they're ready to accept it. Mm-hmm. In Thailand, I suppose society like to be in their comfort zone. They like this, so they will stick with that because it's safe. But I mean, these artistic people, these people who have imagination, these people who have so much potential, but they don't get to use it. It's such a pity, mm-hmm. and I feel that they should have the opportunity to show themselves. And there's so many movies, so many TV series that. We watch that are from abroad, mm-hmm. even in Asian countries nearby. Like even in India, we watch Indian movies. We watch Indian soaps. We watch Indian series. But do other people watch Thai soaps, Thai movies, Thai movies? Yeah, because I mean they, they've become international. They've taken risks. They're doing something that's outside the comfort zone of Thai society. Mm-hmm. And some of the movies have become international. Yeah. Why can't we do that for Thai soaps and you know lacons and stuff like that? We can, but nobody's taking the risk, and it's a pity. And I mean, 
not saying that I'm against it or anything, but I mean, I'm fine with doing the lacons that I do. <laughs> That's fine. It's easy as well. I mean, oh, okay, Catalan bought with me. Oh, okay, yeah, I know that. Okay, yeah. I can do that. That's easy. You know, and in a way, if people were more risky, were more, you know, doing something outside their comfort zones, it's also good for actors. Exactly. You know? So they're it, not being repetitive. Yeah, with acting. Yeah, exactly. So I mean it's it's but then again it it all comes down to Thai culture, Thai society, how much they're gonna accept it or how much you know, the oh, this is like way too lumpy or or whatever. That's that's what's a, a, a pity because I mean there's so many great Thai producers, writers, artists that mm-hmm. can go so far, but they're not reaching their potential because of the limits here. So our last section of the show is called "What If," mm-hmm. which is. Your chance to become Miss Universe. Oh my gosh, okay, okay. We have a jar of questions, and these that. are hypothetical questions, okay? Oh god. Um, you're going to draw one out and then answer it. Oh golly. Oh. Okay. Are you ready, Miss Thailand? Okay, I'm, s- I'm dreading this. Okay. Oh, this one, okay. Oh, oh, oh. If you were given a hundred million baht, no strings attached, mm-hmm. how would you use it? I would buy a boat, I'd buy a yacht, I'd buy a hotel, I'd buy an airplane. No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Um, no, if I had a hundred million baht, oh my gosh. I wouldn't go like binge spending on shopping and all that stuff. I would probably still live my life the way I am. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows when you really need the money. I'd probably buy a little bit more stuff for myself but <laughs> and help out with my family. Um, I'd definitely give it to charity. I mean, there's so many people who who need help. Um, I'd be careful. On, I'd still be careful on spending. I wouldn't think that, oh, 100 million baht, oh, my gosh, it will take me a lifetime to spend. No. Um, I would still still be careful with my spending. I mean, you never know when it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for being here You're today, especially under your condition. I'm fine. And hopefully you're completely healed soon. Soon, yes. I hope so. <laughs> no too. more bruises. Hopefully you can fully laugh once again. I know <laughs> it hurts when I'm laughing, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yay! ถ้ารู้ว่าเพื่อนคนไหนรักภาษาอังกฤษชอบฟังภาษาอังกฤษและเรื่องราวชีวิตที่น่าสนใจของเซเลบหลากหลายโบฝากแชร์เอพิโซดนี้ให้เขาฟังด้วยนะคะ Binge listen to all of our shows and episodes at thestandard.co/podcast The Standard Podcast เปิดหูเปิดตาเปิดใจ Bird low.